Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's BudPod75. I think it's 76. Oh, it's 76. Yes, you're right. Oh, my God. I've, I've, I've even got it saved as 76 in front of me. I think I just... <laughs> I think I just love the number 75 so much. It is a nicer number. 76 um, is not very nice. It's a bit complicated. Um, 76 getting betwixt. It's betwixt. Uh, it's betwixt the nice numbers. Yes, it's liminal. Liminal. It's on the edges. Okay. Liminal, liminal places are, are places on the edge or, or places of transition. Like... Uh, Service stations or borders. Yep. It's like the or... Simpsons joke. We we use three strategies of messaging. Subliminal, liminal, and superliminal. <laughs> and Bart says, what's superliminal? And he goes, hey, join the Navy. <laughs> and is it what's like Lenny and Carl? And, and they're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one of yeah. the best jokes on the Simpsons. So it's like, well, <gasps> it's, your name isn't LT Smash. Le- Lieutenant Smash. Yeah, and that's, goes, that's right. right. <laughs> Lieutenant LT Smash. <laughs> that's a lot of good jokes in that episode. What season was that, Ivan Netnyaj? It's relatively late, wasn't it? It was like one of their late know. bloomers. Yeah, yeah. From time to time, there's a, a new Simpsons episode that's quite good. As long as it's not like got Ricky Gervais in it or, yeah. or some, some eerie celebrity cameo yes and it's not just like um the constant rotation between lisa learns something and homer and marge have a marriage problem mm-hmm. which seems uh, yeah it then again you know what's interesting is that you know there's that general opinion which is like uh you have to you have to say that the simpsons was only good up till season nine or whatever yeah and then, like the the lower number you choose, as long as nine is the highest, the more of a hipster you are. But no one likes the like the first few. Those are just eerie and gross. Yeah. Oh, hi, Bart. Yes. No, thank you. No, thank you. But but it's like you can say like like I've been in so many situations where someone's like, oh, after season nine, oh, and then someone's like, oh, season nine, season six for me. Oh, oh. Um. <laughs> And I don't even I don't even know which which are which seasons because my all the Simpsons I've ever watched are just it's on at six o'clock. <laughs> Who knows what the fuck it'll be? Yeah, no one. I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Maybe it will look slightly fuzzy. Maybe it will yeah. look like it was made in a computer. Yeah, you can you can it, often tell from the quality of the opening credits whether or not you're gonna you're gonna like it. Oh, uh, we've we've all seen the the slightly grubby font of the original title and thought, yeah. aha, a classic. Exactly. Yeah, but I, I, I think um, I when I first heard that opinion, at, I think it was at university. It's a very student thing to be told or to say, like, yeah. "Oh, Simpsons only up to season nine. And then, like you, I had no idea what that meant. So I just looked up what episodes were up till season nine, and I, and I thought, "Oh my god, there are a lot of heavy hitters." Right. Yeah. 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 And 
and it really shocked me that opinion the first time I heard it. I was like, oh, "You, you only season nine, but there've been like twenty four seasons at the time." Mm. I was shocked, Phil. And now <laughs> I think I that is the opinion I've heard the most in my life. It is, yeah. I've had enough of that opinion. What what opinions are there? Other opinions that you are sort of like you when you first heard them, you're like, "This is heresy. Who is this devil?" And then now it's like. <laughs> It's like hearing someone say, the toaster never gets it quite right, does it? Yeah. Right, right, right. That's an interesting question. The first of... Mm. Oh, mate. I feel like it'd be something to do with food. Mm. Uh, something... Oh, yeah, something like MSG is bad for you. I was like, how dare you? Yeah, yeah. Someone someone pointing out you shouldn't pour oil all over everything. Yeah, that yeah. Um yeah, I remember when I when I was a kid and we went to a Chinese restaurant to with a family friend. Like a mother's my mother one of my mother's friends and she said, "Oh, and no MSG, please." I was like, cuz there's no there's no proof that MSG makes you sick. There's none at all. No. Yeah. What about um my mine would uh, my food one would be how how like not not healthy large amounts of fruit juice are. Yeah, that was yeah that was a bad surprise because it's fruit. Yeah. It's the blood it's, of fruit. Surely it's fruit it's juice. All everyone says is to eat more fruit. Well, I'm putting the liquid form down me. How can that be worse? It's fruit. It's fruit juice. It's got all the stuff in it. But apparently, when you turn into juice, it kills all the security guards that normally keep the sh- the bad sugar out of your blood is that right i think it's something to do with like the, the fibrous structures of the f- fruit sieve out i don't know I, I, maybe it's nonsense i don't even know it's also just like it just even even at the most simple level if you think about how many fucking apples it takes to make like a liter of apple juice right yeah it's at least so how many apples fit into a liter container and then some more because the fibers removed right that's right. So that's like what? Let's let's call it five, six apples. Okay. That's, that's a lot of that. fucking apples to eat. <laughs> if you just said, "Hey, can we take a break? I need to sit down and eat six apples." But I don't think that's uh, that person's not going to be come in the next day like, "Oh God, yeah, I ate too much fruit yesterday." Yeah, but it's a lot of sugar. But it's like, it's nature sugar. This is, is this is sugar. the thing I've never been clear on is when people are like no it's a good it's a good one a good sugar is that like at the subatomic level there cannot be a distinction it's a particle it's a compound but it's a, the difference is fructose versus glucose right and glucose is the but see I've heard that's nonsense is it well this, I've heard both I've heard people say oh it's ah oh, no the glucose is from a machine a big evil pipe but fructose is from God's own dick, and it drips out and is lovely. Oh, it's kind, it's kind to your organs. Whereas, then I've heard a much more compelling because of its brutality theory, where they're like, your cells at like a microbiological level just absorb compounds. They don't make a decision about where it's come from. It all gets broken down. Just stop it. And I go, well, no, if that's any- the more depressing one, so it's probably the truer one. Yeah. If, the, if there are any... um. <laughs> nutritionists out there and um, 
chemist to know the answer, please write in and we will read it in five months. Yes. Wait, which which is the one that's actually the medical one? Is it nutritionist or dietitian? Oh no. There's one there's I mean, one where you don't sounds need... more like it, isn't it? I th- yeah, but I think that's the bad one. Yeah, exactly. That's how they trick you. I think that's the bad one. I remember I once saw a, I think I saw a nutritionist website where the person's um, argument in favor of their qualification was that they weren't actually a qualified nutritionist because they hadn't done the last exam because it had stuff they disagreed with it. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) They were just like, well, (laughs) the correct answers I didn't like in the end. And that's why you can trust me. I uh, didn't finish my history degree because I thought the questions came in too hard on Stalin. Yeah, that, well, that's basically it. Yeah, okay, I'm looking at nutritionist versus dietitian. Yes, a dietitian. Okay, a dietitian is qualified to diagnose e- eating disorders and to design diets to treat specific medical conditions. Mm. Nutritionists okay. deal with general nutritional aims and behaviors. General is the worrying word there. Yeah. They, do, they okay, deal yeah. with the general nutritional aims. Right, okay, so... Historically, dietitians have tended to be employed by the NHS or private hospitals uh, to improve the health of sick people through dietary intervention. Dietitians do not use nutritional supplements. Nutritionists do. Uh. Dietitians are state-registered. Nutritionists in the main are not, although this may change as the NHS starts to use them more. I think maybe, in general, a word ending with ishin is more trustworthy than a word when ending in ist yes and also ist is a bit like you is your hobby if you're an ist if I, if we were yeah. com- if we were comedyists uh you wouldn't want to see them so you wouldn't want to watch us but we aren't we're comedyicians that's right <laughs> that's right we're mertitians we're mertitians we're mertitians um Yes, I'm just looking at like, so the websites you look at to look up dietitians, it's like the British Diet- Dietetic Association, who you have to be registered with to call yourself one. Whereas on the nutritionist side, one of the things you can look up is to do with complementary healthcare. And that's code for homeopathy, Phil. Complementary healthcare. Is that not just healthcare where you keep telling the patient, you're doing great. You look wonderful. Yeah. Homeopathy. <laughs> <laughs> This is working. You should pay me again. Man. Eat this eat this copper ball. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. It's amazing how many people have crystals these days, you know. We know a lot of crystal people. Not a lot of cri- people have reverted to animism. That's <laughs> Science is a is a circle yeah. it turns out. Apparently you go far enough you end up back at animism. You end up yeah, rocks what, again. Yeah, once once people start to go, maybe the earth is flat, people just go, Well, I'm having crystals then. <laughs> if you if you get to say the earth is flat, I get to cover my house in fucking shiny rocks. Uh, I I did this on I did this joke or observation or whatever on uh Radio Four on one of the few occasions they've let me scuttle through the gate. Hey, um, and it's just the observation that the magic rocks are always the fancy, nice-looking ones. It's very shallow. That's right, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's never, never like just like... A, a dirty old bit of 
mud. <laughs> Hard There's mud. a half a brick. Yeah. It's never a pebble, is it, from just like a British beach? No. Which And it's never like... You'll never guess what. The most magical rock of all is widely available for free. What a lovely planet we live on. <laughs> it's, it's almost like, no, it has to come from far away and look a bit juicy. Look a bit like you want to eat it. Are you, um, are you superstitious at all? About anything? I'm, give, I'm give not. Give a lucky anything. I do, well, I have like... I do have behavior that could be ascribed as superstitious, but like I kind of am aware that I'm doing it because I'm I'm a fucking ape. Is it like an o- OCD behavior? Because that's sort of a superstition, right? Well, that's it, isn't it? So where's the line drawn, really? I mean, I I have like little rituals I like to do. I mean, in, in the before time, I would always try and be dressed the same way on stage, for example. Yeah, I have terrible appearance superstition. That, that, that's getting better now with regards to my stage dress. Yeah. I know yeah. I can do the job without looking the same. I just enjoy... I think I just have a better attitude. I did all of my university exams wearing real shoes. As opposed to the imaginary ones that used to walk around yes. in all the time? Um, I, I mean, mean, like, lace-up leather, lace leather shoes <laughs> oh, really? that you wear in an office. Real <laughs> shoes. Like as a, an interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if I was wearing jeans and a t-shirt, I would wear real shoes. Wow, that is... <laughs> that's very funny. Because um, psychologically, if I was wearing trainers, because I'd worn real shoes for like my entire education, yeah, I couldn't. It just didn't feel like concentration time unless I was wearing real shoes. Even just the phrase "real shoes" sounds wacky. Real shoes, yeah. Those aren't real that's shoes, what, man. Because me and that's what me and my capitalists <laughs> want you to think. We you used did, to wear you real think shoes. You're wearing real shoes, but you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're wearing real shoes, man, but those are real. I've seen real, man. It's like raw milk or like natural wine. It's like real shoes. Real shoes, buddy boy. Yeah, I just like the kind of the tightness and the formality of it around my feet made my, my sort of monkey brain go, school time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, maybe it worked. Time for school now. Maybe it worked. It just did. It just felt better. I mean, I'm not against that in terms of like, oh, I know it's nonsense, but it doesn't feel like nonsense. That's fine. It's when you start selling copper balls to old people with cancer. That's when it's a problem. Yes, yes, yes. You're quite right. Um, but the magic crystals thing, a lot of them are like blood crystals. Like they're worse than blood diamonds because at least you can track blood diamonds. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're sort of um, chipped off a, a cliff in Malawi. Yeah. Yeah. By an ambitious seven-year-old. That's right. And now it's in the uh, in the fucking culturally inappropriate dream catcher of a, a friend of ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I wrote this down the other day, it, and I don't think it's good stand-up, but I like it as an idea. It's like, uh, how how angry would you be if you if someone tried to tell you about dream catchers as an adult with sleep problems? Like, right. So, so let's say you can't sleep because you were in a war. Like you have horrible night terrors or like terrible dreams. Yeah. From like bad stuff you've seen, or even done. And then <laughs> you're you're trying to tell someone about this, and they're like, "Oh, would you like a little ring of feathers? Oh, 
It's a net for all the bad thoughts. You'd punt. You'd be so <laughs> offended. You'd be like, you I'm would. trying to tell you about real stuff here, man. You trying to sell me a trinket? <laughs> but it's all. I mean, a lot of times people who need it the most will will uh, will fall for it. I just I just think it's the the resurgence of astrology and crystals is just like proof that we've always needed God, and we've we've yeah. turned him away like junkies and gone. I love this rock then and you just grab the nearest rock oh you're you're my master now that was oh that was that was close I was nearly alone in the universe there yeah 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 that's that's exactly it right it's a good thing I've got this rock yeah this god this bible is stupid and just throw it away and you just they're just standing there just twitching but that's like um, those stars those stars they'll, they'll tell me what to do <laughs> but that's like all those people who are from the West who are like, oh, I love, um, I went to Tibet and I, oh, the monks, I love the monks. And you go, oh, what did you love about the monks? And they're like, well, they have no earthly possessions and they just live in a monastery. And you're like, right, like, like Christian monks. And they go, no, no, no. These monks <laughs> pray five times a day, even in the middle of the night. And you go, yeah, like, like, like Christian monks. Yeah. And they go, no, 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 you're not listening. These ones chant in a language I don't understand, like Latin. No, you're not listening. <laughs> they help the poor and they wear robes and they have bald heads. And it's like, have you seen a monk? Have you seen Fry Tuck and Robin Hood? <laughs> you couldn't be describing a monk any anymore. And they, you know, there's like there's ones in Cornwall you could go visit. You don't have to go to Tibet. If you want to visit a, a little fat bald man with no possessions and his job is to rake a garden, we've got we've got him. I was um I was laughing recently at this idea. I don't know if you've heard um. Um, well, a, a catchphrase that's um, come out of recent uh, social justice movements is uh, silence is violence. Yes. The idea that if you're not speaking out against injustice, you're actively, um, you are actively practicing it. And yeah. I, I just laughed at the idea of uh, Tibetan monks hearing about silence is violence. <laughs> <laughs> And just not <laughs> not knowing what to do, <laughs> and then just going. Well, I want to explain myself, but it's kind of against the rules. Oh fuck! If I <laughs> try to explain why I'm silent, I've ruined it. <laughs> so it was a tough day at the monastery at the ashram when that piece of news arrived. Just then, watching the one TV, the tiny CRT TV in the corner of <laughs> one of the prayer rooms. <laughs> Silence is violence, and like oh. They're just the the two monks who are in there. What see that? Look at each other for a second, and then just very slowly turn the TV off. <laughs> and they just think we'll we'll not leave this on. We'll we'll keep this between you and me, which won't be hard. <laughs> the others must not find out. <laughs> that he says with his eyes. Yeah, he just slightly widens them, like oh. <laughs> and the other guy goes, oh, I know. Uh, that'd be Do you a fun think, um, sitcom idea, you know, in a in a in a in a t- Buddhist monastery when no one speaks, it all has to be through facial expressions. Yeah, what about um a a, a comedy monastery where they can't speak but they mean. can, well they they can't speak but they can do noises, right? Oh, oh, it's just fun yeah, exactly. sounds. Oh, just. <laughs> 
You walk past that monastery, you go, what the fuck's going on in there? It sounds like a Three Stooges convention. Say there, fella, you're looking slightly peaky. Why don't you try some of this fresh orange juice? Why, didn't you hear? Orange juice is awful bad for you. Hey, that's just hocus pocus. Why, it's made out of oranges, isn't it? Vitamin C, see? Ah. Have yourself a little sip of this and see how you feel. Well, I don't want to tell you how to do your job, mister, but orange juice causes communism. Every American should be aware. It's not orange. It's red. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. You've been um, you've been eating out to help out, Pierre. You've been reading my diary. Yes, I have. <laughs> uh, for any non-British listeners, uh, eat out to help out is a, a brilliant new initiative to get people to go to the restaurants. Um, yes, you can save up to yes. ten pounds per person, which is actually significant. You know, that's a lot. It's a lot. That's a lot. Ten ten quid is a is a big old chunk of any of any of anyone's bill. Um, it's it's a lot. It's going to be. It's very expensive, surely. Well, that's it. Um, yes, eat out to help out is the government scheme to get people going back to restaurants. It doesn't count for takeaways, um, and not as it may sound like the government is paying people to perform cunnilingus on each other. Although I would like you to nevertheless sign the petition. <laughs> this is an annoying um, thing I'm encountering. Is people saying of. Of eat out to help out and how it sounds so much like going down on somebody yeah that um people are saying i mean it's definitely they definitely meant it to be that it's surely intentional like suddenly what the tories are edge lords now <laughs> so wait you in, wait wait which scenario do you think is more you think you think that it, it did come up in the meeting and they were like yeah haha I think I think there's no way they were aware of it. No, surely not. I mean, no one with the power to say yes or no to it. Eat out to help out. There's no way that, that the Conservative Party thought, yeah, our, our, our voters will be on side with this. Yeah. You know what the average Tory party voter in the UK loves? His God, his country, and eating puss. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that's the three things he loves. Um, no, I think that's true because it, in when I was younger, Phil, I would have disagreed with you. I would have gone, oh, they know what they're doing. How could you not know what you're doing? But having met people from, I guess, what you'd call the polite side of society or some of the people you and I went to university with who were from charming, cobbled English country towns, um, the level of the, the, the lack of knowledge they had about even the most harmless slang term was mind-blowing <laughs> yes i mean we know people at uh we know people at cambridge who went to mcdonald's and asked for the wine list so yeah. i think it's I mean, very very possible it's very possible we i mean it's like you'd, you'd hang out with these people and you'd just be like oh you've been a bar or something or a pub and you're like, i'm just gonna go for a slash and they'd go oh what with a knife like they'd have no idea like it was the most basic it was like they'd never been allowed a television it was real Rod and Todd Flanders stuff also Boris Johnson does not go down on people come on (laughs) can you imagine not a chance no 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 what what we've learned from Boris Johnson from his unidentified number of children is that what he does is just immediately ejaculates as close to someone's ovaries as possible He just does whatever he can to impregnate whoever is closest at any given point. Uh. I think the Prime Minister is the horniest man in the country. He's horny for he's horny for ladies. He's horny for leveling up Britain. He's horny <laughs> for trade deals. What we need right now is a horny Prime Minister. Well, it's, it's, it might start a, a, a new, long British tradition of the Prime Minister having to be the horniest among us. <laughs> you literally certainly make hustings your way to the top. Yeah. yeah. But imagine being so horny, Phil. So <laughs> horny. That having illegitimate kids and having affairs with like four people, all of whom are themselves very sort of accomplished or powerful or, or beautiful or intelligent women or whatever, like high society stuff, you're going around just jizzing all over and inside high society and you're constantly having divorces and it's constantly costing you money and child payment maintenance and, you know, having to pay people to try lawyers to try and stop the press publishing things about it or scandals or this or that and all the lying and taxis and getting your clothes dry clean so they don't smell of all the other jizzing you've been doing. And then the second you get a chance, you just do it again. <laughs> it's in, in a couple of hundred years, he's going to be like a Charlemagne figure. People are going to say, actually, three out of four people are actually descended from <laughs> Boris Johnson. Just from sheer horniness alone. He didn't even have to conquer lands. He was just that horny. He was just that horny and seemingly that able to convince people not only to even touch and sleep with him, but to, but to just to let him spaff them yeah. immediately. Yeah, extraordinary. Where's that charisma? <laughs> it's not in the speeches. No, it isn't. Um... If, you, if you have a track record as someone who spaffs in people, makes them have a kid and then runs away... You shouldn't be able to do it all the time in a row. Right? Like, not with that level of charisma. You shouldn't be able to just constantly do it. And people are like, well, he's done it the last six times, but I'm sure he won't leave me. Like, he'll, I, I, like I bet you he'll leave his girlfriend at some point when he's not prime minister anymore. 
Well, never underestimate a person's ability to feel like they're the special one. Yeah. That they're the break in the pattern. Well, I think we're all guilty of that. I mean, weren't we? Well, I did we... think that he wouldn't leave me after he jizzed in me, but here I sit without a without That's an address right. that starts with number 10, Phil. That's right. Uh... Uh, I, have you been following the uh, all the exam stuff? Kind of. Um, uh, it seems insane from what I have read, but I didn't. I didn't do A level, so I don't actually know how they work. Oh yeah, you did the mystical IB. <laughs> I did the magical globe globo exam. The much more difficult for no material reason. Exam. You end up in the same universities as people who did the easier A levels, but you might had a much more difficult teenage couple of years in your teenage years there. Yeah, an absolute slog, if I may say. Yeah, I never understood the the old IB thing, but I mean, it's all it's all great, you know. Basically, um, the government used an algorithm to predict grades that said if if your school was rubbish in previous years, then it'll be rubbish this year, and uh, if your teachers say you got an A, then they're lying. And you obviously got to be, and also like the larger the class, the more likely you were to be marked down. Which basically meant that if you're in private schools, then a uh, private school saw like a five percent increase in grades. Well, that's Whereas, the yeah, yeah. Well, no, that's the key. That's what I read is that if you have a class of five or under, yeah. your predicted grades are the same. Right. Yeah. Even if no matter where in the country you are, if it's a class of five or under, you go whatever the whatever the teacher says, you got it. And if it's 15 or under, which is now we're getting into private school territory for a lot of specialist A-levels, I imagine. 15 or under, it's like down by like 5% or whatever, like nothing. You're basically still going to get the same grade. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it just seems like the the the, the design of a, a moron. It, they, I think they also made teachers rank their students um, so that they could then just map that to rankings from previous years and adjust it accordingly. So... If you're ranked at the bottom, and the last year's student at the bottom got to you, then no matter how well you did, you just got to you. I mean, there's nothing I... So they just turned the A-levels into Battle Royale. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's, here's my problem, because... I was very fortunate to have a, a bunch of teachers that were a mixture almost down the middle of incredibly brilliant and inspiring and, and deeply mentally troubled and insane and bad. Okay. Yeah. So at the same time as imagining the teachers who I loved giving me predictions and thinking, yes, I'd be happy for them to choose my future. I imagine some of the absolute lunatics that I've had to deal with. Yeah, exactly. And think, oh, exactly. I'd, I'd, have to, I'd, have to, I'd have to do nothing. I'd have to go kill myself if they were in charge of my future. They would put me in a bin they would say you live in a bin you deserve to live in a bin yeah because there's loads of good students out there who just don't get don't get on with their teachers well exactly yeah or the teachers are like yeah well they get all the right answers but i don't like the way they do it that kind of thing <laughs> that kind of petty shit that you get from teachers sometimes yeah. yeah 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 well we're very fortunate that teachers aren't uncriticizable yet that might come at some point do you think do you think they'll get they'll reach hero status? Maybe. I mean, like no one would have necessarily thought that about 
the NHS even 15 years ago. But now, like, we've got this weird thing where at the same time as as kind of tacitly defunding it, we're turning it into something you can't say anything bad about. It's a hell of a mixture. Yeah, yeah. But, but like, lifesavers have always enjoyed that kind of deification, haven't they? Teachers have always, always experienced a more mixed response from the public. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I just don't remember this much, like hero hero like world war Two rhetoric 15 years ago like i i did you see the thing on twitter about the nhs spitfire no no there's no, a spitfire <laughs> and it just shoots it just shoots inoculations does it it just shoots vaccines yeah um <laughs> it just strafes you with vaccine <laughs> <laughs> it's adam k flies it <laughs> it just fires copies of his book <laughs> that said, I am in Adam Kay's most recent book, uh, Dear NHS, yes. a collection of love stories. NHS, I, I, I did write a story. Oh, sorry. And so do uh, buy the book and support our wonderful, delightful, heroic, and perfect NHS. There uh, you go. Yeah, go on then, Pierre. So what were you NHS... going to say, Pierre? <laughs> there's an NHS Spitfire, you know, the World War II fighter plane. <laughs> yeah. And on the underneath of the Spitfire, it has written in what looks like, I don't know, white tape, kind of very angular letters, not curved, thank on one wing, the letter U on the body or chassis, and NHS on the other wing. And the Spitfire's job, Phil, is to just sort of fly over bits of the country. Uh, it's a real marriage of the country's current obsession and its ancient obsession. Being respectively the NHS and the fucking Spitfire. People this is what I'm saying. Cannot let go of the Spitfire. It, it's like this. It's like this weird, like quasi-Soviet honorary. Like there's no link at all. Also, l- love, <laughs> uh, love a shout out to the NHS from a death machine. <laughs> support our d- nurses says the sherman tank because it rolls over yeah <laughs> let's have written let's, long the barrel of the cannon yeah let's let's machine gun the virus to pieces with a browning 762 <laughs> i shouldn't have picked it's a so sherman weird. tank what were the british tanks uh, the British used Shermans, uh, and in okay. fact, a lot of our variants were readopted back to by the uh, Americans, including Hobart's funnies. Well, then uh, I like the mind right. flail one. But um, British tanks, Cromwell, Churchill. Okay. okay. Um, what else? The Challenger was later. The fifty. The, Chal- the Challenger is such a um, humble name for a tank. It's like. Uh, I'm not saying we'll definitely kill you, but we'll give you a challenge. It won't be <laughs> Wait, easy. Wait, I'm thinking of... Am I thinking of the Centurion? Maybe I'm thinking of the Centurion. That's a bit better. Um, yes. Yeah, but it's just like the idea that like the NHS, which was, you know, started after the Spitfire had its moment of glory, they're just going, the past! You might as well just get a big flag called the past and just yell whatever you want to people while you wave it. <laughs> it's such a like a jumbly view of history it's like we'll get a big spitfire to say thank you to the nhs and doctors and then a big winston churchill on a on a on a hms victory wooden ship will will start a nuclear deterrent 
uh, aboard um, uh, uh, a, a Tony Blair's head 1997 era carnival float. It's just gibberish. It's this big mushmash. Just because well, Britain, Britain desperately needs a new tangible symbol of its global influence, and and as its global influence diminishes. It's running out of time to find one. And, as, not, and even... as international life has become more abstract, you know, how do you how do you symbolize Britain's influence in the world with anything post nineteen forty five? But it's not international, it's inward looking. That's what the NHS Spitfire is. But the Spitfire is a symbol of of its its Dif- it's 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 uh, war proficiency, right, and its ability. To yeah, but the Spitfire is a symbol of the Spitfire is a symbol of defense. Battle of Britain, yeah, yeah, we're defending sure, the I island. That. I understand that. But it's but it's this like desperate, desperate attempt to to milk any national myth for all it's worth, despite the fact that you destroy the 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 whole point of the myth if there is a point to myths. It's so weird. It really gives me the creeps, and I am a big war nerd, and I normally like. I'm I'm not the kind of person who's naturally against military planes flying overhead. Put it that way. So what, if I find it creepy, it's creepy. What would you like thank you written on? <laughs> a, a, a check for more money. <laughs> as, as opposed to a plane that was considered out of date within years after the war. Because it doesn't have a fucking jet engine. And they just go, we've got this old wooden cart we're going to carve a smiley face into and this half-dead donkey is going to drag it around your fucking regional town. It's so embarrassing. It's so weird. Imagine the confusion among the World War II veterans we still have left. They look up and go, what the fuck? What? <laughs> it's the Captain Tom thing, isn't it? Sir Tom. Yeah, it is. Sir Captain Sir Tom. We see a major now or something. He's a is he he's a knight now as well, isn't he? Yeah, but you say you say the rank and then the the knighthood. Major, all oh right, okay. So you'd say like general sir, so and so. Okay, okay, okay. Good on him. But it's maybe it's his fault. Maybe the thank you NHS spent fire is his fault. Yeah, yeah. He he really did help hammer home the World War Two imagery. <laughs> but then why can't we just? Anyone who looks vaguely like they might be old enough to be and have been in World War Two, can we just pay like an actor, like an eighty-five-year-old actor? Can we just pay them, like North go, Korea. He's <laughs> gonna yes. get body doubles for veterans now to parade <laughs> yes. down the streets. Yeah, just pay them to go. Oh, pay your council tax or just basic civic duties. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That no one wants to do unless a fucking lovely old war veteran tells them to. Yeah, it's it, it's a much fuzzier version of saying, uh, "Not supporting the workers is counter-revolutionary." Mm. What did what did the cohorts fight for, the comrades? If not for this, your responsibilities as a as a fellow comrade to the it's just that, but with scones and jam. <laughs> it's twee. It's twee. <laughs> I don't even know what you'd call it. Populism. Uh, Historical myth-based populism. Twee. Well, it's kind of a twee. It's twee nationalism, isn't it? 
it's tree nationalism, but it's it's still sort of voluntary. That's what was weirdest about him raising money for the NHS is that it was like extra voluntary money for a government funded thing. But that's 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 the next level of the um, nationalism, which is that it's a free country nationalism. Yeah. Not only are we nationalistic, but we choose to be. Yeah, you're allowed to. Yeah, you're allowed to die now. Yeah. Like American freedom. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have the freedom to not be picked up by an ambulance because you don't have a credit card. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, there's well, a great video the, the- of, of British people being told about ambulance charges in the US. And it's a separate, <laughs> it's a separate bill of a couple of thousand dollars to yeah. get picked up by an ambulance. <laughs> I'm amazed that not every single American is dead. Like, yeah. Like I'm amazed that every every single American didn't die by the year 1986. It 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 seems like an experiment that shouldn't work. If you go, okay, we're going to have a country, and it's going to be a really big country, like massive, one of the biggest, physically biggest countries, and also 300, 330 million people. And about there's going to be enough guns for just over half of them, just scattered around. Um, and you can't go to hospital unless you have a credit card, and even then, it'll ruin your life. Okay, go. <laughs> just, also, very like... very low health standards on all, all our food. Yes, everything's going to be full of a certain type of syrup. I hope that's okay. <laughs> yeah, and the most dangerous and addictive drugs will be freely available. If anything, encouraged. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't stay at home and smoke weed, but we encourage you to just run around with a gun on uh, high-level opiates, <laughs> which you will need a credit card to access. But you'll only have access to them through your credit card until it runs out, to which point you will need to go to the black market, uh, where you can also purchase more guns. <laughs> it just seems like a simulation designed to get people to kill each other. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's a multiplayer map on like Doom. <laughs> it's just guns scattered everywhere, and like you can pick them up. And... It it you know what it is? It's the country. It's the national country sized level of when the Joker snaps that pool cue in two and throws it at the guys. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever wins gets to be in my gang. <laughs> uh. Whereas, I mean. I don't know what we are. We're we're more like um the the entire country of Britain is like a kind of ov- o- overly long murder mystery evening. Right. Yes. 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 Everyone's got these costumes and accents and roles that they have to pretend to believe in. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's yeah, and you have to speak in riddles. You never say entirely what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, I'm the vicar, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> uh. What's that noise overhead? Oh, that's just the health service Spitfire. Don't worry about that. Good people of Britain, our country faces before her a challenge not seen by any generation before us. A challenge to fill empty seats in restaurants from Monday to Wednesday. But we shall persevere. We shall eat out to help out. And by eat out, we don't mean 
going down on each other. Wink, wink. We definitely don't mean that. Tee hee hee. Wouldn't it be funny if we did? We must eat out to help out. We shall go on. We shall persevere. We shall eat out for lunch. We shall eat out on the seas and the oceans. We shall eat out with growing confidence and growing strength in the air, otherwise known as the Mile High Club. We shall eat out our island, whatever the cost may be, and the cost will be less, up to £10 discounted per diner, not including alcoholic drinks. We shall eat out on the beaches. We shall eat out on the landing grounds. We shall eat out in the fields and in the streets, probably behind some bins. We shall eat out in the hills. Careful of the grass, don't get any in there. We shall never surrender. We will survive. We shall be victorious because we shall eat out. We shall eat out until the climax of this challenge. We shall finish this. We shall eat out until it is finished. We shall finish them. Now you, you get what I'm saying? We will eat out until what the, the, the entity that we are eating out has finished, if you understand what I'm... It's... It's about cunnilingus, for God's sake. I've been rewatching the 1970s uh, sitcom Mind Your Language, Pierre. Ah, the is is that the one that's famously racist? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um and uh it's I th- I th- I think it has some um uh redeeming qualities and it's hugely popular <laughs> in Asia, in India and Malaysia. Um Oh really? Hugely hugely popular, yeah. It's my uncle's favorite show. Oh, right, um, and that's why I find it such a fascinating show, and I'm 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 slowly going through all the episodes, of which there are quite a few. What's um, the premise? The premise is it's an evening class, a night class, a second, an English as a second language class, um, and it, so it's just an excuse to get a bunch of foreigners together, trying to learn English, and the teacher, Mister Brown, is a sort of level-headed, uh, oh. slightly. Uh, Slightly beleaguered uh, white Englishman who's teaching them English, and the I've villain. I've seen clips from this. Yeah, the bad guy is um, the headmistress, Miss Courtney. Um, but it's just an excuse to for uh, foreign-sounding people and foreign-looking people to get English wrong, and then um, it's it's an excuse for puns and wordplay, essentially, and also some yeah. sexiness. The 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 French au pair is a figure. Is a character that is just there to be sexy, and she comes in like the second she comes in, the whole audience go, Whoa! and she like bends <laughs> over lots and stuff, um, and all the male students go, Wow! Like um, like they turn into wolves with big long eyes. Yeah, 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 <laughs> they really do. Um, and it's but it's absolutely fascinating periscope into life in the 1970s in in like the uk and in london and uh in the first in like the second or third episode 
Principal Miss Courtney comes in and says, you'll be having a, a new student will be joining you today. And Mr. Brown goes, oh, uh, very good. Uh, what? Tell me, what nationality can I expect? And Miss Courtney <laughs> right. just opens her eyes with this sort of uh, gleeful mischievousness. And she goes, African. And the whole <laughs> audience goes, ooh. <laughs> What the fuck? But here's the twist. There's the same episode where an inspector is coming to inspect Mr. Brown's um, teaching. And a black guy turns up with a a, a strong uh, African accent. Right. And and he introduces himself to Miss Courtney. And he is the inspector. And he has an accent, a strong Mm. accent, but his English is very good. His name is Mr. Kenyon, which is quite on the nose. Um, Mr. Kenyon. Yeah, but with an O instead of an A, Mr. Kenyon. And <laughs> oh, that'll that, that'll fool him. <laughs> and so he infiltrates a class. Mr. Brown uh, mistakes him for a student, and Mr. Kenyon does this sort of cheeky look where he goes, "Yes, I am your new student." And so he sits down, and um, then Mr. Mr. Brown starts saying some racist stuff uh, uh, to him. Uh, one joke is. Uh, uh, how, how did you get? How, did you fly here? And, and Mr. Kenyon says, "Fly." And Mr. Brown goes, "Well, I don't suppose you came here on an elephant, unless it was it was Jumbo, of course." And then the audience go, <laughs> and there's right. just lots of that sort of thing. Right. But okay. It's. I still find it an absolutely fascinating show. Because yeah, because the, the bad guy is. Miss Courtney, the principal, who is arguably the most racist. She's the one who's the most xenophobic. And the students often like get they, you know, they come together to overcome certain adversities and um they look out for each other. It's I just think it's very interesting. And what's what's really interesting about it if you talk to like the the the, the two figures of most ridicule are probably um, a Sikh guy called Ranjit and the Pakistani guy called Ali. Okay, but it's huge in India, and it's huge in Malaysia, and it's huge across Asia. I just think it's very interesting. But I, I so I, all the episodes are on like d- YouTube and Daily Motion. I rec- I recommend watching a couple. It's quite interesting. It's um it's interesting as well because the scenario you just described with the inspector as well. You sort of go, wait, what does this show want? Yeah, it it is confusing. Also, it is very confusing, <laughs> and uh, most of the plots make no sense. That's another thing to say. Okay. Because it's like, okay, the the African is coming, and that's bad, and the audience are worried, and the headmistress says it like it's bad, and everyone goes, ooh, and you're all right. But then the joke is that, ah, the inspector's also African, but he's good and smart, but he's still African, but that's a trick. But then the teacher's still racist, so that's bad. But it's good that he, and then you sort of go, ah, ah. It is very confusing, but I think that's why I love it. It's like, I don't know what the principles of this show are. <laughs> and I, I don't know what the message is. I'm not always sure who the bad guy, who's who's making, who's being made fun of. But I find it fascinating. So it's it's, it's almost also, like also and also also to its credit, it's like it's a it's a more diverse cast than most shows made today, <laughs> which you cannot overlook, regardless of what they're saying. At least. At least there were jobs given to <laughs> to non-white actors in the late seventies. Yeah, a whole classroom full. Yeah, it's um, 
Do Do you think it's interesting and complicated because like especially like the 1970s attitude to immigrants and, and other races and other countries was so like contradictory and baffling that in, in an attempt to just represent how people did, did think any art that tries to do that will be inherently like complex and interesting mm. seeming. Yeah, exactly. Which is funny because that means that through just trying to depict something that is widely decried as asinine and bigoted, it's becoming as complicated as a kind of art, an art film. Exactly. Like, wow, it's, it's, you made a piece of art where I don't know what to think. <laughs> it's the most complex thing I've watched in, in a long time. <laughs> it's so complex. It's so That's rich. That's so funny. That's so funny, man. There are also a couple of really funny performances. And a couple of bits that have made me genuinely like weep laughing. Please, please, when the fringe comes back, can you do like a watch along of mind like, language? I'm starting yeah, like to, show to clips from it, like a lecture. Yeah. Do it, like I would. It would sell. It would sell out. People would be so fascinated to be taken through this fucking chamber of horrors with a or or like Dante's, you know, being guided by your. You could be the Virgil of mind your language. What's interesting is that people love it so much. It's been remade in so many countries. Oh, that is supposedly making fun of. There's an Indian version. There's an Indonesian version. There's a Maltese yeah. version. That's niche. It, there's a I guess Japanese just version. Every country thinks foreigners are, are funny <laughs> and, and true, stupid. That is true. It's, it's, that, it's, maybe that is what's beautiful about it is that it proves that we can all be brought. The world can be brought together by our hate for each other. Or just at, at the we very least, kind of good-natured uh, contempt. Yes, or sorry, hate is too strong a word. Um, a, uh, a, a a humorous suspicion of one another. Not a suspicion, a humorous uh, confusion about one another. About one another. Yeah, just sort of going, oh, oh, oh well, that's a, well, that's a very silly way of doing things from my point of view. Yeah, 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 yeah. That on a loop, essentially. There are also um, white points of ridicule, just balancing things out. So there's a German who is very sort of studious and serious and an Italian who's quite lecherous and um, a Greek guy who is like, well, they weren't really sure what to do with the Greek guy. So he's also like a bit lecherous and he's got a, <laughs> he's got a, a very low collar. <laughs> they just thought whatever's in the Mediterranean, it makes people insane. <laughs> just breathing it in drives them mad. <laughs> um, but a fascinating Mind your show. language. Fascinating God. show. Really, really fascinating. Oh my I lord! Highly I, maybe, maybe that's the sitcom you and I should write, Phil. A xenophobic, sexualized, rambling. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's also some real weird cuts. Like, they'll a joke will just kind of fail. Or there's not even a, an attempt at the punchline. And then they just cut to the next scene or the next character comes in. It's so... It's sort of cons, cons, at the same time very tightly written that there's loads of gags, but also really sloppy and weird. Anyway, I'm just it's saying so highly odd. recommend it. It's so odd. It sounds so fucking odd. I've definitely seen clips of it. I didn't know what it was from when I saw the clips from it, but I've definitely seen that, yeah. My God. Well, can we please write that just just so that we get to pitch it to good-natured people in meetings 
the new mind your language. Yeah, just to watch their reactions as we explain all the different offensive characters and jokes. <laughs> and just yeah. be deadly serious when we go. And the country he's from is African, right? So well, that's these, bad. These days we would be drawn along sort of the culture war lines, right? We'd be drawn along political yeah. affiliations and what TV show you like. and Mind your tweet. Mind your tweet. Mind your language is violence. That's what it should be. <laughs> Mind your microaggressions. Yeah. Mind your violence. Mind your violence. Mind your violence is really funny. <laughs> That's just a funny title for anything. Mind your violence. Ooh, mind your violence. Ooh, mind your violence. It's very British, isn't it? Yeah. That's mind history. your violence. That's a British history in a sentence. Ooh, mind your violence. Ooh, mind your violence. <laughs> 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 mind mind uh, your violence is a show where everyone is in some kind of um social pressure situation like a dinner party or or being a butler or running a shop but it's a constant like people getting hit with frying pans and shot and set on yeah. fire yeah, yeah it's like yeah, bottom exactly. essentially yeah 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 yeah. that's the japanese title for the sitcom bottom is mind your violence <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh fucking hell! Shall we um, read an email? An email, you say? Yeah. <sighs> ba -ba -bum. Hi, sorry, are you Mrs. Sanderson? Yes. I'm so sorry. Um, Dr. Smith's going to be a bit late. Um, he should be here... He should be here at any moment. I'm, I'm very sorry. There was traffic, you see. Uh, oh! Oh, there he is. That's just him. That's just him landing. We got time for one, I guess. Let me try and find one. Dig one. into your bag of chorus boo boo. Chorus poo poo. Chorus poo poo. We should do another special next week. I think they're good. They are good. It's always great to hear from y'all. It's good to get through it all so much good content from you guys in in to give to give people um to give people a good reference point uh for phil saying it's the most complex thing he's ever watched by the way mind your language is um i re still remember and i always laugh when i remember that phil you you once you shared on facebook or maybe tweeted um the willy bum bum song <laughs> willy uh, got it in my willy i put it in my bum that one yeah, it's just a bunch of car yeah, it's just a cartoon of bums going in willies and willies going in bums. Yeah, yeah, it's very fun and silly. But you tweeted it with the the caption, "This is my The Office," <laughs> which always makes me laugh. It's a complex idea, Willy Bum Bum. It's like where do, it's, which came first, the oh, bum or the willy? It's very it's very it. yeah, it's quite advanced. Uh, a quick note from Gina. Gina, have you seen her? Maybe I've done that before. Maybe. She says, hello, Pooh Boys. Hello. 
She says, I wanted to thank you very much for your hilarious podcast. It's been keeping me going through these strange times working in an acute hospital. Very cute. Hey, yeah. sorry about what we said about uh, the NHS back there. We uh, Sorry we spat in your mouth board. and face. Yeah, yeah, we're very much on board with it. We spat fired uh, in your mouth and face. We're, you guys want fighter planes, you can have as many as you want. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just strafe us all with your uh, y- your lovely medicines. Strafe us to health. <laughs> I'll see you so all she- in health. <laughs> that's, what, that's what they should shout. <laughs> shooting sh- a dentist shooting someone with a machine gun and saying they bleed because they don't floss. <laughs> Health razor written on the helmet. Yes. <laughs> War is health. Oh yes, yes. Um. So. Gina says, I've started walking to and from work an hour each way because public transport yeah. is out of the question, of course. And your podcast never fails to make me laugh on my way home, no matter how tough my shift has been. That's high oh, praise. That's Thank nice. you very much. That's great. Yeah. We are the Spitfire. We're the Spitfire. I'm going to put Thank You NHS on my undercarriage. <laughs> um. <laughs> and launch yourself over the city of London. Just, just moon every hospital I go past. <laughs> They'll read it. They'll see what I mean. Um, so I, I sometimes they, they, they irrationally spot, worry. They spot a growth on your ass, end up saving your life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she says, I sometimes irrationally worry that the police will stop me on my way and tell me off for being out of the house, and I have my response ready to go. I'm a key worker, goddammit, in the same tone as, I'm a pilot. Keep jacking it, Gina. <laughs> thank you, Gina. And jokes aside, yes. thank you for being a key worker. Thank you for working them keys and keeping us um, jogging along. Um, yes, indeed. <laughs> and okay, we'll have this one from, from Reese. These are, these are from serious, like not quite full lockdown time, but much tighter than, than now. Uh, so Reese says, hi guys, hope you're well. Uh, I've been catching up with Budpod in the lockdown. Currently he's on episode 51. Oh yeah, very nice. And he says, it's been like listening to the audio logs in a video game like Bioshock, where you catch glimpses <laughs> of what... <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's very funny. You catch, uh, you catch glimpses of what life was like before the huge societal collapse. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. Yeah. Maybe yeah. this observation has already been made, uh, but I guess I haven't rooted through the right bin to find that particular episode. No, I don't think so. But then that's we're behind funny. on the emails. That's a so very funny reference. So that's exactly what it is like, yeah. That's bang on. Uh, anyway, I was recently telling my dear friend and fellow podbud, Alice, a couple of poo stories from when I used to live in Poland. Or should that be Poland? <laughs> it's simple, but it's good. Yeah. Uh, he says, uh, I believe at least one of them is pooey enough to share with you. Wonderful. Uh, uh, he says, I worked in a small town near the Czech border where I lived in a flat with my Mancunian friend and colleague, Saddam. Name changed to protect the innocent. There's the Czech border where you have to check, you have to check the checks at the border. You have to check the checks at the Czech border. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to check the, the checks at the Czech border. Yes. And the checks at the Czech border alternate in different uh, little squares. 
And if you don't check out of the, as a check of the check border, then you have to bribe bribe the officer and um, hand him a check. So you need to give him a check to, to say you're a check and check your check of the check border. <laughs> if you don't check out as a check at the check border, you better have a check. <laughs> uh, yes, another new tongue twister. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I just still enjoy it. Yeah, listening back to you going Charlie Chunks and then just <laughs> collapsing. <laughs> if Charlie chooses his chunks, then Charlie chose the chap, chap, chunk chaps. Yeah, it's good. So this guy's near the check border with his Mancunian friend and colleague Saddam, name changed to protect the innocent. Mm. Um, he says, we would often get smashed in our favorite drinking hole. And I'm going to try and pronounce this. Cognac Sviata. That sounds good. That sounds like a lovely lager, to be honest. Translates to the end of the world. Oh, very good. There's one in... No. I was Camden. going to say there's one in Camden. Yes, there is one in Camden. Yeah, which there's, there's a the few film. World's End pubs. There's, there's another World's, world's end, end near Finsbury Park. World's End. That's the end of the world, yeah. Um, so they'd often get smashed there and have little or no memory of getting home. Uh... The morning after one such evening, I was awoken by Adam, so someone called Adam, Mm. opening my bedroom door and asking angrily, who shat all over my room? Oh no, all over. Who shat all over my room? I was still in bed, but I smelt the whiff of uh, govno, (gasps) Uh, as they say in Poland. Don't think I'm pronouncing that right. The O has a hat on. Govna. Anyway. Govna. Govna. Uh, and as soon as he opened the door, it was just the two of us in the flat, so I was fairly sure who the culprit was. Saddam denied it, however. I peered gingerly into his room and saw that there was poo on the floor, poo on the TV, poo on a copy of Great Expectations that he'd borrowed from the school we worked at, and poo in many, many other places. Wow. Wow. I did so not assist it, with the cleanup. Was it Saddam? Because, you know, well, Saddam's have a history of... <laughs> of covering up uh, <laughs> dangerous keeping dangerous substances although actually uh, in the end and those substances were not actually found so maybe it wasn't Saddam yeah and he says that even after a thorough purge of the room it still smelled a bit shitty and whatever we tried the smell wouldn't go away yeah that's a few days fibers. later yeah, yeah a few days later Saddam found the underwear he'd been wearing that fateful night hidden behind his door which had been open the whole time in <gasps> no. an attempt to air out the poo smell no. Obviously, the boxes were still full of shit. No. Oh, and just sat there like, oh, like like, like a fucking what's it, those things you put in the, in the wall that you plug in, like a fucking <laughs> like a Febreze, glade plug in. Glade plug in just sat in the corner there. <laughs> oh man. So uh, they were still full of shit. We surmised that Saddam had papped his kecks. That's funny. Somewhere between the pub and the flat. And when we got home, he had torn them off in a frenzy, flinging crap all over the place. <laughs> a dirty um, protest at his own s- sleep. I'm just glad he did it in his room and not in the hallway or the kitchen. Saddam wanted me to keep this dirty little secret, but I feel it's time for the world to know the truth. Please be my Poulian Assange and spread the word. <laughs> Very good. I like that. <laughs> Koji uh, Reese. Uh, yeah. We... we, we, we... We operate a WikiLeaks about leaks, <laughs> sticky leaks. I've never un- stinky leaks. We, we yeah we operate stinky leaks. 
I've never understood. Like, there's so many stories we have. There seems to just be a, a, a type of person who happens to have whatever DNA necessary where if you drink enough, you just fill your pants with shit at some point. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I don't know how... I. Uh, yeah, I'm not the person. I, I think I might piss myself from time to time. But look, but that makes more sense to me because booze is liquid. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So it makes sense that you go, okay, I'm full of liquid. I really need to pee because of all the liquid I drank, but the liquid is also booze, so I'm asleep fine but i don't know just like wandering along the street going god that was a good night at the pub let me just unleash a load of actual shit into my pants <laughs> what better way to cap the night off than to <laughs> fill my trues with poos yeah yeah okay. exactly god uh, anyway that's all the time we have this a week um, it is i had a fun chat pierre i don't know about you yeah certainly are you going to eat out to help out tonight phil if you know what I, I mean. I ate out to help out twice yesterday. Lovely. Twice I ate out. Um, today, maybe I'll eat out. Um, hey, it's up to you. It is up to me. It's definitely my choice. Um, but have a wonderful day and have a wonderful week, everybody. Keep jacking it. And we'll see you next time. Yeah, and and Godspeed to anyone listening who, like Gina, actually does work in the NHS. <laughs> Yeah, Good yeah. luck with the Spitfire. Yeah, yeah, take them out. I hope you guys get tanks soon and uh, infantry support. That Yeah, exactly. Um, can't wait to see you on the streets. Storming. <laughs> yeah. Storming the pubs with PPE <laughs> yeah. grenades. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my Lord. All right, All cheers, right. guys. Bye, see bye. you next week. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.